It's not the main quest, just the side adventure. It's not with the whole gang, just one of them. Not the main quest, just a side adventure. Look, someone had to miss because they had some other stuff to do that day. But this is what you get. You get a one-on-one -on -one session with one of your favorite characters. At least in the top five. Maybe, well, I guess maybe the top six or seven by now, but... Back to the song. Not the main quest, just the side adventure. Sometimes you have to go off on your own. Roadwalkers, side adventure. Why is this still going on? I don't know. What's up, everyone? I'm Pedro, the GM and creator of World Walkers. Previously on World Walkers Strange Magic, we found Brummelstone and Claiborne in front of a large temple where Claiborne hoped she could break the curse that kept her and Brummelstone separate forever. We join them now as they enter the temple, sans weapons, sans backup, sans plan? It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. It's, it's going to go great. All right, let's get into it. You march down the hallway. For... I'd like to have my hand ready on the sleep scroll spell in case. I mean, obviously not grabbing it, but that would be like as close as a prepared action as I could kind of do um, in case like they start to make a move. So they slowly back up and it's just incredibly tensing. You're walking down these 10 foot uh, wide corridors and they kind of help you get through kind of a maze in the temple. <laughs> And they lead you all the way into the main chamber. The main chamber is probably about 100 feet tall. And there are torches every 15 feet all around. The big ornamental torch brackets that are holding them. The torch brackets are shaped in the uh, kind of the suggestion of a snake's tongue wrapping around it. There is a large throne and the back of the throne is kind of this like a cobra's neck that's spread out and sitting there and you'll notice that the chair has no seat right it's it's kind of like it's just like almost like a, a pile of pillows essentially like a satin rich uh pillows right and in there is another one of these creatures although it looks much much different where the other creatures are humanoid but with the head of a serpent this is a full snake-like creature. This creature, from head to toe, is a serpent with arms completely covered in scales and with that same kind of serpentine underbelly on the underarms. And it's sitting there. It has a large ruby pendant. It looks uh, very pleased to see you. And... And the other uh, snake-like creatures were kind of like this, like kind of dark bluish, grayish, right? This one's more of a, a vibrant green, and it's sitting there, very relaxed. Its arms are up on the armrests, and it's almost got like one shoulder slant to the other one. And it is uh, clearly the one that they pay tribute to. <laughs> and um, as you walk in, it makes no motions as you come in. 
the archers line up and there are about 12 other archers that have come forth and made their way on the top area. So it goes up 100 feet and then it's a balcony all around and there's like 12 more archers who have trained their arrows on you. Um, at this point, yeah, Brummelstone would like not think about the sleep spell anymore, but would think about the... <laughs> the... <laughs> His hand just scoots back one row. <laughs> this paper instead. Yes, uh, obviously the teleportation spell if things start to go haywire. So. Sure, sure. <clears throat> and um, he smiles and looks at you. And as soon as he talks out loud, it's the same voice you heard in your head. And he says, uh, thank you for accepting our invitation. Yes. I understand that you wish to perform a ritual. And Claiborne kind of slowly nods her head. And he says, where would you like to perform this ritual? And he kind of just this, his lips pull back and this wide smile reaches almost to like the sides of his eyes. And she swallows and she says, I need to perform this ritual in the sacrificial pit. And he says, yes, of course you do. Because you have the heart of Elthenius, don't you? And she says, yes, yes, I do. And she looks at you and uh, he says, you wish to return our god to his rightful place in the pantheon of Cog. And she looks at you one more time and she's like, I do. Whatever it takes, I'm done with it. I don't want this anymore. I had to go hunt it down. It took a long time to track finally able to retrieve it and I bring it back here and offer it up I don't want the curse anymore and he kind of leans back in his chair and smiles he says well then who am I to stand in your way he nods to one of the archers and the archer walks over to the side and twists one of the torch brackets and this 20 foot panel of stone just drags across and opens right in the center of the room and he says then by all means enter the pit and perform your ritual she says how do I last time there was a ladder (laughs) and he just smiles and he says We don't usually afford our guests a ladder when they enter the sacrificial pit. And she kind of nods and she gets out a grappling hook and some rope. (laughs) And she sets it up and then she says, do you want to stay up here or do you want to go with me? I'll go with you. She descends the rope first. I descend afterwards. Mm-hmm. I haven't said much, but I'm like quaking in my boots over here, just to let you know. I'm loving this and am terrified at the same time. The moment you get close to the edge, the grappling hook is kicked, and the stone slab seals. And you hear Claiborne stifle a gasp. Yeah, the Brummelson would be like, What happened? And she's, I, I don't know. I. The room is pitch black, but your dark vision allows you to see just fine. 
The room is enormous, easily over 300 feet wide. As you survey the room, the first thing you notice is the altar, seemingly made of decayed bone, perched atop a small rise in the floor. A scaled tapestry adorns it. In the middle of the room is a series of ancient glyphs, about 10 feet in diameter, carved deep into the floor. It's deep enough to hold liquid, actually. All around the room are the same torch brackets that you saw above, but they're kind of spaced out, but they're still that kind of serpentine uh, look to them, right? Claiborne's like you can see, right? Yeah. I I need you to lead me to the torch brackets. I will lead her. So you make your way over to the first torch bracket, and once she's there and she feels the wall, um, she pulls out a small backpack behind her full of supplies, and she can't see, but she fumbles around, and she finds... Uh, Bromostone would, a, like, help if he could in that sure. moment. Um, when you reach in to help um, pull out a uh, torch, the torch feels almost ashy. It feels like it's been uh, treated with some sort of substance. Hmm. And um, if you help her get it lit, the moment it lights, it kind of just like there's this this flame. And it's not just burning wood, but it's burning some sort of incense that has been used to treat the torch. And she places that in the first bracket. With a little bit of light, she's able to find herself to the next one and the next one and the next one. Until eventually she has torches across the entire room. She brought the exact number of torches that she would need each one specially treated and there's this kind of this deep incense that just kind of fills the room and hovers just above your head and once that is completely set she walks to the middle of the room and she looks down at the grooves in the floor that make up the arcane sigils yeah Brummelstone would ask like one last time are you sure you want to do this there's still time to get out she kind of laughs and she looks up at the ceiling and she's like what (laughs) I brought a scroll to get us out of here I don't want this curse anymore alright if that's the way to do it then let us do this and then she pulls out a small um, a fame a small ceremonial knife and she cuts deep into her hand hmm and she starts to bleed (laughs) she starts to bleed into the grooves in the floor and she continues to bleed until she's filled all of the runes on the ground and then she takes a small bandage and wraps her hand up she's like I guess it's a good thing I got rid of the bow huh Yeah. once everything's prepared she begins to chant and it's in a language you don't uh, I don't think you speak. After she sets the blood up and everything, right? <laughs> she walks up to the altar and she pulls out a small black box wrapped in black leather. She unbuckles it, opens it up, and she pulls out a black heart. It doesn't even look moist. It looks dried up. The moment, however, she puts it on the altar, it starts to beat very slowly and it starts to moisten. Then she makes her way towards the middle of the sigil and begins the chance. She takes a quick look at you to see if you're okay. Uh, Primalstone is uncomfortable, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, he has his oh. shield up as though it might do anything, and he's probably, mm-hmm. like, has his hand on one of his scrolls just ready in case 
and trying to be alert to see if anything comes. She begins the chants, and as she gets deeper and deeper into the chants, uh, with a language that you're not familiar with, cold winds begin to erupt all across the temple, threatening to blow out the torches along the walls. The heart at the altar stops. Then it beats again, and it continues to beat, slow at first, then gaining speed. Soon, it's beating so fast you're concerned it may just explode. Black blood begins to pour from the heart, soaking the altar. Sickly noises surround you. These all kinds of crazy, disgusting noises. As the shadows on the wall rip themselves free, they race toward the altar, swirling around in a spherical void of tendrils and whips. Suddenly, they vanish into the heart. There's more beating of the heart after that. It's faster and faster and faster and faster. And then a burst of darkness as the shadows escape and give shape to a beast you've long heard about and long feared you'd encounter. Made of the very shadows of the room, filling your nostrils with the noxious odor of a dying swamp, the creature you know deep in your heart that stands before you, towering above you, is a dragon. And it kind of slowly breathes in and it looks at Claiborne and it says, and she takes a step back and she's panicking. Like she, you, can, you, can, you can tell that her heart is racing. And she says, I, I am, I, I've brought you your heart. And he looks at her and he kind of rises up and it, it is a full immense towering dragon but it's still made of shadows and so you can almost see through parts of it and it rises up and its eyes kind of burst open like emeralds and it stares at her and it says you forced me to stay here and she's like I didn't I didn't know what would happen I didn't know that and he's like you were cursed to never have what you denied me and she's freaking out. She's like, but I, I brought it back. I brought it back. I don't. It's, yeah. Romulstone would like, uh, like would stand in front of her and be like, honored beast. That which was done was done out of naivety. She did not know that is what she did to you. She's done. And we have gone to great lengths to undo this terrible thing. Please let us leave and free her from her curse. And then it looks at you. And it brings its head really close to you. And this is when you notice that it's not breathing. It moves as if it's breathing. It looks in every way like it's alive. But there's no breath that meets your face when it brings its face directly into yours. And it takes a second and then it says, When she took my heart, she bonded me to this world. And the moment that happened, those Serpents above chained me to the temple. They believe me to be a god, but I am a slave. I can never leave. She has taken my heart. Now I will take hers. And it rises up and its wingspan reaches almost from wall to wall. And then it swoops once, swoops twice, takes wait, off into the wait, air of hovering. Yeah. And it's initiative time. <laughs> uh, that is not a good initiative. Four. It's Claiborne's turn. 
she's she's been she's panicking and she's like I, I brought it back just let us go just let us go and then she's like get us out of here Brummelstone now and then as soon as she says that it is now the dragon's turn it pours itself into the shadows behind it in the wall and then it comes out above you guys it pour it kind of like slurps out of the shadow and its head is about 10 feet above you as it opens its mouth and uh, and just bellows out this terrible dark shadow flame I need you to make a dexterity save Ooh, I got a one. I'm going to use the cloak to do one that I failed. Yeah. If you fail a saving throw once per day, you can choose to succeed instead. That's the power of Claiborne's cloak. <laughs> Let's see how Claiborne fares. She doesn't have the cloak anymore, so i got to redo this real quick. Let's see. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> She has failed. All right, let's see what happens. So you only take half damage. That is 28 damage. So it just... just it, it bellows out this terrible gas. And it, it's like a mix of swamp gas and what you would have to imagine the inside of a rotting ancient coffin smells like. And as it pours over you, it does not feel like it's physically hurting you. What it feels like is that the blast hits you in your soul and starts melting away your very life force as you feel the cold approach of death the other side of the veil start to welcome you we're almost on your turn uh how is Claiborne like out out no she's not out but she's like you can see that her skin is turning pale as the life is being literally it's not being drained from her the life is being extinguished from her. Uh, yeah, I would probably then take a crystal, shove it into her, grab her, and do read off the scroll. Using an item in that way is not okay. like a free action. So you'll either have okay. to heal her or have to teleport. I will have to teleport then. All right, do I know? Look. So I have used one spell that where it does necrotic damage, it holds someone and they can't move. Would I know, like, this wouldn't be the same effect? You don't know off the top of your head. You could use an action okay. to, to think about it. Pedro, I'm, I'm telling you now that if I take this moment and disappear from battle and leave her and I know she's dead, that don't know if we'll be talking. So can I, can I communicate with the dragon at all? Like, give us a chance to free you. Are you going to hold off on the teleport then? Or are you going to... Because you shout that out, that's fine. But then are you actually going to give him a moment to see what he does? Hmm. So, Brom Wesley, the player, wishes to take the action to get out of there. Brommelstone, the hard-headed dwarf, figures that in this darkened timeline, he'd rather die with no magic with this woman who was to become his family than to abandon another family to die. So Rumblestone will say that and then we'll shove the crystal into her hoping it does work and like hold her, you know, and like, you know, like let her do it. So you do obviously heal her up. You watch as this, the, the color returns to her skin and she stands up, but on her turn, 
she looks at you and she says, just in case. And she kind of swallows. She takes the ring off her right hand and she slams it onto your left hand and then turns to face the creature and she says, I've come here to help you. Let me help you. He laughs. He looks and goes, (laughs) you have. He stretches out of the shadow unnaturally takes a huge bite out of her and then erupting from his mouth are his claws as the shadows stretch and reshape he gets one hit and one critical hit you watch as she is taking the worst beating you've seen her take so far he reaches out stretches rips into her once with his mouth and then the arms burst out of his mouth and then his whole head breaks away and his shadow reforms until it is the dragon with the arms clawing at her. The first one rips across her face and the second one plunges into her chest and scrapes her from the inside and pulls out. Uh, You're not seeing any kind of wound. You're not seeing any kind of physical damage. You're just watching the life be ripped out of her claw by tooth. Promo's still on your turn. (laughs) Ah... Okay, so negotiations failed. <laughs> negotiations. I mean, I guess I'm just gonna hope. I have one last crystal. Uh, it's obvious. I'm just like, uh, yeah, I would say something mean like, I'm not even sure you ever had a heart. Uh, and then grab her and try to teleport away. All right. To, to delay the circumstances out. As long as you roll between a 25 and 100, you're right on target. Anything less, and it can be anywhere from sucky to catastrophic. All right. No let's... pressure. No pressure. God bless. 76. 76. Okay, so you uncurl the, uh, the scroll and you quickly read from it, it explodes in a burst of energy, and you blink out. The next thing you know, you can breathe again, although it's confusing as to why you can breathe so much better in this toxic, near toxic swamp waters, but it's much better than what you were experiencing in there. You're safe. I take it Claiborne's not beside me. Claiborne is right next to you. Okay, yeah, then I would pull out the last crystal if she looks alive and slam it into her. Yep. And she fully heals and stands up and she breaks into tears. And holds you. Yeah, yeah. We just hold each other crying in the swamp. And I would say I'm sorry. I I can't... I can't go with you. Mm, but you know what you know. Now you know what you need to do. Now you know what you're up against and what you need to kill. And I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. The nomad lowers the rope. You guys climb up there. And, uh,. He can see you guys need a moment, so he leaves you be. And, uh, yeah, you guys take time to kind of work through this. And she just kind of lays down and hopes that you take her into your arms. Yeah, for sure. 
It would probably yeah. just the quiet, like, just holding her. After the appropriate amount of time has passed, the nomad pokes his head and he's like, all right, uh, how did everything go? <laughs> She's got her head buried in your shoulder. <laughs> uh, we are alive and we should be thankful for that. Pretty bad, huh? Pulls himself up. <laughs> sits down. We know what we're up against. If we continue on this quest that makes you so much money, then we need you to do us favors. I thought I was doing you a favor. You need to do us more. More? Why? What? Well, hold on, hold on, wait. This isn't... Are you, are you negotiating? Yeah. What we're negotiating. Want? I want everything you know about dragons. Shadow dragons. Oh, wait, what? The beast that is cursed Claiborne. We returned its heart. It was a dragon. Dragons aren't gods. Dragons can be killed. If you can get to Obrimos in the library there, find us that information. You're not going to find information on Obrimos about dragons. You're going to want to go to Menroth for that. Well, then you need to go to Menroth and gather this information for us. And then what? I don't, I don't even know where you guys are going. Like, what? I don't understand. I'm many things, but I'm not a librarian. I'm not going to go off and be your research assistant while you guys continue to go out and make money places. Like, I'll tell you everything I know about dragons, but I'll be honest. If you saw something in there that you think is like some kind of shadow dragon, that is not normal. I've heard of <laughs> black dragons, red dragons, gold dragons. I've even heard of the void dragon that took over Rollum. But I'll tell you what I've never heard of. I've even heard of Dracoliches, undead skeletons that are infused with the lich-like properties of ancient wizards. But I'll tell you what I've never heard of. I've never heard of a dragon made of shadow. That's new. You get to write that book. And help me write it. <laughs> Man, I'll sell you the book, but I, that's all I've got. Well, we need some time, but we also need to move quickly. This all may be for naught if we can't get... Start us back together. And he's like, well, take some time to rest. We're going to really get into some shit, I'm sure, when we get there. Uh, you know, give us a day. Let's compose ourselves. Yeah, yeah. No problem. You guys, you guys do you. He's kind of taking the pouch and putting it out there, and he's like, swap out if you need to. I want to make sure this job gets done right. We'll have to know more details about the job, but let us get mentally prepared for this. Sure. Yeah. Uh, how's Claiborne? She's pulling herself together. She's she's like, I'm glad you were there to get me out of there. Had I gone in there by myself, I'd be dead right now. I regret that I couldn't free you from the curse. But knowledge is power. We know what we're up against. We can come back stronger. Are better. you going to help me with this? Once I save Stardust, I will return. Okay. I'm sorry I have to leave you in this state. I just wanted to come find you. So, do you need to look at, are uh, you trading anything in? Are you comfortable with what you have? Um, can I get that hammer back? I, you gotta tell him first. Yeah, I would tell. Tell the nomad. I'm sorry? We kind of left these weapons out there to get into it, to do the shadow dragon thing. Look, tell us about the job. You stacked up on my equipment and then went to the door and left it there? We almost died. I'm sorry you're magical. I, you know why? Because you didn't take any of your weapons in. Can you do this or not? 
Mistakes were made. It has happened. This is the timeline we are on. It may not be the brightest, but it's the one we're on. So he kind of sits there for a second. He's like, okay, here's what we're up against. There is a town far, far east of here, farther even than Coaston, called Cornerstone. Claiborne, she kind of nods, she says, right, right, Cornerstone. He says, so for those that have not been to Cornerstone, looks at you, Brummelstone, says, uh, <clears throat> Cornerstone is a city built on the side of the edge of the world. I don't know, how much do you know about, do you know that like there's a, like the world ends at a certain point? Good to know. So, a bunch of wizards caused a bunch of shit, and uh, they got dealt with, and it was this huge war. And in the end, basically, people from the inside detonated the entire area, ending the war. And so there's a huge hole in the planet. Nothing, nothing familiar? Haven't heard about that yet before? I've heard about the wizards' war. Yeah. So, in the middle of that chasm is a bunch of floating landmasses called the Flats. Okay, but outside of that, on the side of the wall, okay, is a city, not city, town, whatever, um, called Cornerstone. Cornerstone is an excellent mining city. And actually, they've got a little bit of magic on their side. They use for two purposes. The first is that they affix crystals to hang gliders, and it lets them quickly travel up and down their city. The second thing is that they actually have a teleportation circle inscribed in a platform near there, and they use that teleportation circle to move huge amounts of ore across the planet. Word on the street is they just struck into something they have no idea what it is. Elemental stones. Elemental stones. And before he goes on, you you know what an elemental stone is because on Obrimos, they use elemental stones to create the forged. Roberto is currently walking around with a elemental stone in his chest. Hi, we have elemental stones on Obrimos. Okay, well then you know how much they're worth then. Uh, these elemental stones, they're rare. It's incredibly hard to find them. And they've just found essentially a vein of these things. We need to get in there and get them out. Problem is, is that my intel tells me there's another group looking for elemental stones. And it's the druids. And Claiborne looks kind of like a little worried about that. She's like, Dru druids are looking for elemental stones? And he says, yeah. Claiborne, or she, Claiborne looks at you and she says, we have something of a problem. I don't know how it is on your world, but on our world, druids seek to tear down the civilizations that have kind of risen up. They're kind of like terrorists. Well, that seems problematic. Um, which is why I was I was kind of scared when you guys told me that your your grandma was a uh, a druid, because like. I don't think she knows the magic she taps into. Hmm. They're on their way to claim these stones. Well, can your gate get us there? Uh, yeah, my gate can get us there. But we're going to have to make nice with the locals. I'm hoping that a little bit of celebrity power from Claiborne helps us with that. But if it doesn't, we're either going to have to negotiate our way into the mines or fight our way into the mines. And Claiborne's like, they, they didn't do anything wrong, right? They're just people. And he's like, 
Yeah, they're just people. Don't worry. You don't put up any kind of fight. So we fight our way in there or we talk our way in there, whatever you guys want to do. Um, we just have to be prepared if the druids have made a move on the stones first. So I don't know if you have sparred a lot with your grandma or whatever you have with you, if you know how to fight druids. But uh, if you're going through and changing out your equipment in there, uh, pack for druids, I guess. So I guess that never doesn't answer the question of if I can get the hammer back. <laughs> He's like, I've lost that hammer. I, I don't have another one. That's understandable. Um, sorry, my bad. But you know, you'll make it back in elemental stones because Brumblestone does now know the value. He was like, and that's the first time I guess he's told him elemental stones. And he was like, Oh uh, yeah, I see why you're willing to give up a lot of this. <laughs> All right, so I think the quicker we move, the better. I agree. But I would give Playborn back her ring. He said, which is, was very kind of you, but this is yours. Wow. Um, okay. She takes it back. I don't know what it does. <laughs> oh, yeah. And if I can frame it, it's not like as rejected, but as like. A... <laughs> I like to hear last is, I don't know what this does. I, I feel bad. Like I, it was a very sweet <laughs> gesture, but. Um, I think I'm going to get the Staff of Fire again. I still have the two scrolls of sleep, so that will be useful. Um, the shield, I think, will actually be useful against magic. Um, does Claiborne need anything? I don't know. I just got to get to town and buy myself some kind of bow or some kind of weapon. Well, surely he has a bow that he can give you. And he looks and he's like, like a regular bow? Like a magical bow. This is oh, sure, yeah, about. yeah. He, he pulls, he's like, what are you looking for? And she's like, I don't have any money. And he's like, oh, and he kind of pulls the bag tight. I feel it. I understand. With the value of elemental stones and saying that Claiborne and using Claiborne's celebrity, I think she has plenty of cash for one boat, at least. He's He kind of smiles. He goes, you're using up all of that collateral. Like, <laughs> you've lost a multitude of magical items. She has the money to go buy a bow in the town. We'll just go in the town and buy a bow. Did you not say speed was of the essence? Yeah, she's going to be faster just to give her a bow and let her give it to you back. Nope. She doesn't have any money with her. Is that the thing? Um, she has like a. She doesn't have enough for like a magical item. So then he would he you know like Brummelstone would throw his plus one great axe and say, "What does this get her?" When he sits on his castle made of gold, he thinks of this moment and thinks, oh, what a stingy bastard I was. <laughs> I always think, what a great deal I made. So glad yes. I stuck to my stones. Yes. So he says, I'll give you 500 gold for that. She's like, why don't you just give me that axe? Well, there you go. So I'm going to keep the shield. I've got the fire staff. If he gives me one more scroll, then maybe I'll take uh, another scroll of uh, teleportation. He leaves the uh, the rope trick room. Slides down the rope, waits for you guys. Once you all uh, gather at the base of the tree that you were hiding near, he says, all right, yeah, we're going to go directly there. You ready? Yeah. Thanks for listening to Strange Magic Episode 3. Don't forget, once all the episodes are up, Wes will be joining Brian and I for an episode of World Talkers where we're going to discuss the ramifications of strange magic, so keep on the lookout for that. The music from this episode comes from Kevin McLeod. You can find his music at incompetech.com. 
The sound effects come from Sirenscape, which you can find at sirenscape.com. Should have just stuck with the cards guy. Should have just had my cards moved on. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it would have been real short. You know, with the group. With the group, I wouldn't have known Claiborne was killed terribly by a small monster. <laughs> but I found that out years later. Now I'm emotionally damaged. That's true. The, the, the...